It's all things MMA on KCLR and scoreline.ie. Uh, my name is Ken McGuire, joined as always this week, uh, as we do by every week, hence why I say as always, uh, by Miles Price, uh, professional fighter, Team Ryan O'Kilkenny, head coach, and he of Miles Price Fitness. Uh, how are things? How you doing? Uh, all good, all good, yeah. Good Excellent. day today. Yeah, so yeah, everyone's going good. Good start to the day. Uh, Last week, oh, in general, I think uh, I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I think I think life has been pretty good. Uh, I think uh, as we're, we're going to talk about it now, the fights at the weekend uh, turned out to be pretty good as well. Last week we were doing a build up to UFC 261. We had three titles uh, on the line. We had uh, the welterweight title rematch between uh, Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal uh, and then we saw Rose Nami Yunus and uh, Zhang Weili uh, along with Valentina Shevchenko and uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andraj. Uh, I want to start Miles uh, for this week though at the at the beginning of the the main card if we if we can because two two of the standouts weren't so much uh, in the victories uh, but in the injuries that were suffered from uh, suffered by fighters and uh, one of them uh, pretty extreme and one of them is starting to become a little bit more um, common uh, Conor McGregor might have suffered a, a bit of this against Dustin Poirier we've seen uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, suffer from this as well and it was the the first fight on the main card we had Anthony Smith uh, take on Jimmy Crute and I didn't know an awful lot about Crute's side of things Uh, having watched the fight I can say that man that guy while he's going through an immense amount of pain and, and trying to stand on one leg he is all heart and was absolutely determined to finish things as as much as he could. But he he caught a nasty low calf kick uh, from Anthony Smith kind of midway through the first round, but that seemed to switch off uh, his foot. It's just like that the whole thing deadened. Do you do you know much about it, or, or maybe what causes it? Or I I have to look into it if I was being honest with you, Ken. Yeah. You know, from what I see it seems to be like just like a real tender spot to hit mm. and it just limits movement very, very quickly. And uh, if you get the precision right and uh, the timing right, you know, this could be, I'll be honest with you, this could be one of those techniques that could be banned from the UFC. I, that that was my next question because I've seen it in certain quarters uh, in the same way that, uh, you know, the old school kind of 12 to 6 elbows were banned, uh, like punches to the back of the head obviously were banned. We've seen the, the new uh, unified rules uh, introduce cases where, you you know, you can't knee a downed opponent, you can't kick a downed opponent. Um, but there has been calls in certain quarters to, to ban... Uh, low calf kicks I think that that's a good way to go if I was being honest I feel like that sometimes sometimes there's just techniques that are just too I, I don't know I, I, I'm not sure what my standing is quite yet all I know is is that um, you could we could be going through just a wave of it and then it exits mm. but it really does kind of take like a working through period unfortunately you know where you know, if there seems to be a massive amount of these instances happening, uh, then I think that they will take it out because then I will just, you know, it won't be a mixed martial arts competition after a while. Like everybody will be like, who's the first to get these super low calf kicks in, yeah. limit movement and stop a fight, you know, which kind yeah. of defeats the purpose of the art in itself. 
So I think it's just, it's a time will tell kind of thing, like, you know, and look, you know, the natural order and evolution of, of things is that guys start finding defenses and mm-hmm. um, guys start finding ways to, to nullify it and to l- get guys paying for throwing shots like that. But for now, it seems very devastating, you know, and it, and like I, I've taken a, a a, a good handful of them and sparring myself not in any fights but I haven't sparring and you know <laughs> you'll be a, you it does affect you like you know and, it, and it, it's not even just at the training session it would be like you know a couple of days after it's pretty gruesome like the pain that you get from it you know well, without going into gory detail for for people that are, are wondering uh the the kick seemed to just kind of catch him like just at the back of the knee or just below below the knee above the calf but instantly switched off the use of his foot to the to the point where if he if he stepped back his foot would crumble it looked like it, it kind of looked like he'd he'd broken his foot there they call it a a a, a drop foot um and then he tries to he he he's obviously very much aware of of what's going on and he'd said it himself post fight is like my foot just switched off that was it so uh, in in looking to continue the fight he tries to take it to the ground um he struggled to the stool for um for the end of the first round uh, and when he got up of the the stool for the second round it seemed fine it was like okay well maybe like you're saying there's a little bit of a kind of a wearing off period it might be coming around uh, but he took two steps forward the doctor took one look at him and said no that's that's it you're you're done there's no physical way that we can allow you to to continue on that and again post fight he was like you know what i i knew this was going on i was just happy to go out there i was going to pull guard and just see how long i could last and and keep going he was he was determined to determined to continue even though you know physically that the body might be telling him something yeah, sure what else have you got to lose really like you know when you're in that place like it's like mm-hmm. gosh or look we might as well just try and go out to all depths of hell here and go through it till the end you know sure either way it's going to be a hurtful process to get to get over that like so you might as well just go through it really i can see where he's coming from with that you know well one one guy who's gone through a a hurtful process and actually two guys because the the we we've spoken before about uh, you know the the mental side of the the preparation side of spending so long getting ready for a big fight and in some cases the fight is pulled from you you know in at the weigh-in stage and it's really kind of last minute side of things somebody feels a somebody feels a weight cut or somebody's taken ill uh, and there's still a day or two or three days out from the fight you might be you might be lucky you might get a replacement so that your your own effort your own training work doesn't doesn't go to waste at this stage uh the the second fight on the main card was uh, two veterans of the sport. They had met 11 years previous, uh, Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman, the first man to hand Uriah Hall a defeat. Uh, Hall says he was the, that Weidman was the guy that introduced him to fear. He didn't know fear before uh, he fought Chris Weidman. And he's seen Chris Weidman fight many times since um so it was nice it was nice for these two guys to face off again but 17 seconds into the first round it was it was all over uh and done uh on camera we see again wideman goes to throw that low super low kick it looks like it's checked by hall but snaps 
his tibia and and fibula at the same time. God, his gut wrenching, wasn't it? It was absolutely it, it, horrible to watch. And, and you and you know you know it's you know there's something bad going on when the TV cameras won't show anything that's happening that side of the cage. We were just left with shown. We were shown on the on the live footage of it. We were just shown pictures of Uriah Hall just sitting in the corner. You know, not even watching what was going on behind him because he can he can audibly hear despite the fact that there's now 15,000 people in the in the stadium he can audibly hear the pain that that Chris Whiteman uh, is going through thankfully uh, we know at this stage he's come through a successful surgery but we saw this with the with the likes of Anderson Silva and it was Silva against Weidman at the time when Silva snapped his leg uh, with with the kick that was thrown what what do you think this what do you think this does for for Weidman so far along in his career I think that I, I don't think he's going to get judged too harshly on uh, on losing like that. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not really like you can't really go like, oh, he went three or five rounds and he looks sloppy. You know, he, he, I mean, that could happen to anybody. You know, yeah. like they say when you're kicking that um, an old school mentality of striking is to kick with the center of your shin, you know, because that's how those breaks actually happen, because the weakest part of like a stick, say, is always the center of a stick, you know, so. You know, you're always kind of meant to kick with your instep. And those kind of Dutch style checks aren't necessarily like tie checks where you lift your knee and you flex your foot. A lot of MMA guys don't really do that anymore because you're standing on one leg. You know, it's not mm. the best position for if somebody transitions from like a faint, a faint to a takedown, you know, you're on one leg. So um, a lot of the time guys just step in to ride the leg kick or they lift their knee slightly and step forward. Like almost like they're stepping in to throw like a, a power shot to distribute their weight onto the right leg. So when you slightly lift your front knee and turn it out and somebody kicks and it's the center of the shin, you know, you're kicking the knee, the, the, the strongest part, like, you know, and the center of the shin hits the knee and that's where the break is going to happen, you know? So um, it kind of turns you off even throwing leg kicks really like you know what I mean like you have to kick with the instep and I feel like that you know actually from what I've heard when you get that that surgery I could be wrong now um, but I've heard on a couple of occasions that when you get that surgery your shin actually comes back a lot stronger because they have to st- stick like a metal rod mm. to kind of secure your shin moving forward so it's it's kind of, it's wouldn't say it's impossible, but from what I've heard, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's gruesome when it happens, but you do get a strong shin, obviously, when you have a steel rod, like <laughs> acting as your, <laughs> your shin moving forward. But yeah. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's done anything really to his name. It's unfortunate. It just certainly hasn't helped, but I think he's just in the same position that he has been before. And I think it's crazy that, he did that to Anderson. That happened to Anderson Silva years ago with him. Mm. And I think that's the he was the next guy for that to happen to. I think the last time that happened was against Anderson Silva that far, all that yeah, time that's, ago. That's, yeah. that's seven, eight years ago. What what about what about the other side of it? What about for like we, we didn't hear too much from Uriah from Uriah Hall in, in the the immediate kind of aftermath of it. But if if that was you as as an athlete and as a fighter and you're in the cage and you've spent three months preparing for this whole thing and then to see the fight kind of, I suppose, taken away from you uh, 
you know before 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 you've actually had a chance to do anything I think even uh, one of the tweets from Dana White afterwards is that un- unfortunately Uriah Hall now gets the, the record of being the first UFC fighter to win a bout without having a single strike thrown you know you, you, you don't get to showcase those things you don't get to you know, I think there's going to be a quick turnaround for her. Excuse for interrupting you, but I feel like there's probably just going to be a quick turnaround for Uriah. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't think that, like, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be back in fighting in like a month's time, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, he was in there for like 17 seconds. He's He hasn't taken any damage. Nothing's happened to him. You know yeah. what I mean? But like it, it, it would be worthwhile getting him in there sooner rather than later, given that he's he's put in all of this preparation for for something. Yeah, I think the only thing that he might like want a bit of time for is to do the cut again, depending on how much he loses. Yeah, you know, like I don't know what type of cut he has, but you know, if it's anything like my fucking cut anyway, like he's going to need about six weeks. My <laughs> 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 young. <laughs> the, the, the pandemic has been kind to everybody Miles the three ti- the three title fights um, and we'll start with the women's flyweight side of things um, my, my take on it last week was that Valentina Shevchenko it was going to be business as usual Jessica, or Jessica Andrade would be a good challenge and she should have been on paper uh, and and by her by her recent performances a much better challenge um but Shevchenko looks like she's on a completely different different plane again she she was pretty much untouchable in that fight i just i just couldn't get over the size of her compared yeah. to her she was just massive she yeah. was manhandling her just yeah. getting the body lock and just she was doing a lot of those boom trips you know when you kind of you get like a body lock locking the overhook arm and then like stepping around to the hip and just won't just tripping her, you know, yeah. it's like they're judo style takedowns and they're very effective. Like a lot of wrestlers like using them too, but I mean, just body lock, takedown trip, body lock, takedown trip, just every time. And it just seemed like that Andrade just didn't have the, the strength to manage her at all. I think it was just like a real strength thing. Like, I feel like she was just massive. But that that's where that's where Andras you'd imagine her strengths would have been that it would have been more of a wrestling uh encounter for her that she would have tried to force more of it. But as soon as Shevchenko got the first takedown and there could have been seven or eight in the first round alone, um it, she looked like she was she was in no man's land. It was gonna be a bad night very quickly. I think when you have like uh I think that uh, there's a lot to be said for I know we've seen a lot of guys go up in time from weight divisions, but I think there's a lot to be said for having size in your division, you know, because mm. if your skill, Matt, if you, if you do your weight cut correctly and you're not like so depleted on a fight week that you can't perform and you have serious size behind you going into your weight division, I feel like that size and strength accompanied with your technique and your mental resilience, it really make plays a huge part into account. Like, like I'm sure Andrade was in the best shape of her life, and mm. the only thing that really seemed to be the difference there was just sheer size and strength, yeah. you know. Uh, in the penultimate fight uh, of the night, we saw actually before we before we take a look at that one one last one on Shevchenko is now the time to go for Shevchenko and Nunes three. Ugh, I don't know. It's hard to know. Like I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, who else? Who else is going to fire? 
I mean, like, I'd love to see Shevchenko beat her, like, just to mix things up a bit, like, you know what I mean? But yeah. she's lost twice already, so I don't think it's the most marketable fight, okay. to be honest with you. But uh, what else are they meant to do? Yeah. So I think it will happen, yeah. Okay. Uh, the penultimate fight uh, was Rose Namajunas and uh, Zhang Weili. We know there was the, the weird kind of US versus uh, China motive that was being touted around pre-fight. Uh yeah, there was there was a there was a little bit of that. It was almost that kind of uh, was it Rocky Four, the kind of US and, and Russian kind of thing that was going on. There, there was a there was a little bit of back and forth that was probably taken out of hand by by a lot of by a lot of MMA media. Um, but uh, again, Whaley looked like you know she's start like she's she's uh, she throws heavy she's always advancing Rose looked really really light on her feet really springy very methodical you think she's gonna go low she clocks Wei Li with a, a high kick off her front leg on the on the left hand side drops her referee is in straight away going she's out she's done it's all over we have ourselves uh, a new two time UFC strawweight champion uh, quick, quick enough. It was all done and dusted in in just over the just over the minute side of things. What did you make of it? Oh, I just I I, I love Rose as a as a fighter and as a person. To be honest with you, I, obviously I don't know her, but I mean, like it's pretty clear to see that she's just an all around great person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I I feel like she's I love the way she's been up against these odds before. Like you know, like Joanna yeah. when she went into that fight, nobody thought. She was gonna cream Joanna like that, like you know what I mean? And she stopped her and same odds against her this time. She just seems to have mm-hmm. that that real kind of like Cinderella man or Cinderella woman, you could say, effect on on competing. She goes in, all odds are against her, and she just like, you know, takes it on the chin. She's able to kind of absorb that energy of being the underdog and seems to just flourish in those circumstances. So mm-hmm. it was really great to see. I think that she's just seems like a great human being. And she thoroughly uh, uh, deserves it. And I have no idea what Wei Li would bleed and harping on about afterwards. Like, I think her ego was kind of running a bit wild there in regards to, oh, why did you stop it? And because she's not used to losing, I don't think, obviously, because she's never lost. But yeah. um, it was pretty obvious that, you know, uh, Rose was not going to ease up on the, like, it was the first minute she got dropped. She had lots of energy to keep pounding hard until it was over. So unnecessary damage if it got continued, really, mm. like, you know. Uh, it's it marked the start of a of a, a a pretty good main card for for Trevor Whitman. Obviously, Rose has been working with him uh, for quite some time. Uh, as has like you, you had mentioned last week, uh, Kamara Usman. I had to check on the to check on the time on this. It was. Uh, one oh two. Oh, just at the start of the second round, that was it, for Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Um, it had the potential to be an absolute bore fest. It had the potential to go uh any which way at all. We found out that Masvidal in the aftermath, it was his first. Uh, first time he'd been stopped since 2009. First time he's been knocked out in 50 pro fights. Um, to show you that you know, not you know, everybody has some kind of weakness. There's nobody invincible in the sport. Um, but for the manner of it uh, uh, and how it 
how it happened. Um, talk us, talk us through it. I just think that Maz or uh, Usman kind of like said it, kind of uh, how it was. I think his fundamentals were a lot better. You know, as mm. as, as hard as that is to believe, really, like you know, because I just feel like Masvidal's. I don't think that his striking is actually that bad. I think he actually came in a little bit overconfident, a tad overconfident about his striking. You could you could see that in the first round though. He was starting to throw heavy very, very early. Almost looked like he was kind of wearing himself out. Um look looking for that knockout punch first before tapering things back a little bit and and, and leading with the jab. I think he needed to I think he needed to I think maybe I don't know if that was his game plan, his his uh, his corners game plan, but it certainly seemed like that um, he was coming in a little bit too heavy, too fast, as you were saying. And mm-hmm. I think that setting things up and being like you know respectful of that right hand, like I mean, like after that, like I mean, like I think everybody is going to respect that right hand. He's done that to Colby, he's done that to to um, Masvidal, and he did that to Gilbert Burns as well. Like I mean, that right hand needs to be respected he like you know guys need to work around that strength of his like mm-hmm. moving forward because he seems to be stopping a lot of fights with that now like you know yeah. so and i think masvidal kind of went in with the impression that he you know pushed me up against the fence he made it a bore fest he tried to play footsies with me for five rounds last time uh oh he's scared of my striking yeah your striking is a lot better than his uh i feel it most definitely is um, does that mean that he's afraid to strike with you and he hasn't got knockout power? Most certainly not. And he certainly showed that as well, you know, and that comes to show that, you know, no matter how experienced you are in one particular area of your martial arts game, um, it, you need to be switched on and respectful of what's coming at you at all times because that's where you have your power and you can keep your energy and your power to push back at others, you know, when you have respect and take responsibility for the fact that at any given moment, someone can throw something and knock you out like it's that simple it's like when i like if uh, i can't tell you the amount of times i've sparred novices and they just beat me for a round and i'm like what the fuck happened there like you know because they just do everything crazy nothing is from a fundamental place like you know like it's carnage it's a chaotic thing like Mm. a martial arts fight you know so there's no guarantees ever there's no such thing as certainties and i feel like that Masvidal may have went in with an overconfidence and a certainty that, you know, yeah, I have this in the bag in the strike and, and he paid for it, you know. Yeah, well, we, we certainly saw the uh, the results of what can happen when you start to, to showboat and, and mouth off a little bit during the fights. Uh, for for Usman's finish, though, it was it was quite um, I know we, we've seen it. We've seen it before with we've seen it before with Connor to kind of lean, lean in with the left hand and almost just pull uh, pull Masvidal's uh, block away and just leave him completely exposed. So when when the right found a home, um, it it looked it looked it looked look fairly nasty. It yeah, it was the way he it was the way he kind of punched through him. Yeah, and he kind of like you know flopped onto his body a bit. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those shots. Like when I, you know what I mean. But look, you know. He, he at the end of the day like you can't feel too sorry for the guys for competing at these levels like you know he probably made like a huge amount of money from that he's a well-established uh pro in the game as Vidal. he's had a lot of success over the last couple of years so look who's to know what happens in the next while there could be a trilogy he'd have to do a lot of work to get there yeah 
but uh, you know, or somebody else would have to take over the throne as champion. But well, it's it's looking it's looking like Colby Covington will be will be next up for Usman, and it will probably be later this autumn. Yeah, I think that that's a good fight, and you know, I'd almost put my money on Kobe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's like good, he he did come close good, the last time. Very close, very close. You know, the only thing I think that would you know mess up Kobe is just his his personality. He's the same thing. Like he's a little bit overconfident, and I think Usman, as much as he's he talks his fair bit of smack as well. Like you know what I mean? I think he's a little bit more kind of underneath it all, respectful of the threats that are in front of him, and the mm-hmm. likes of Kobe and Masvidal aren't. And I think that's where they fall a little bit short. You know. Yeah. Well, in in the in the the pre-fight build-up in the in the day or two beforehand, uh, we'd heard that Masvidal is starting his own uh, pro uh, fighting league, uh, game-bred bare knuckle fighting or something along those lines. Yeah, that's 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 a thing that's going to start uh, for this summer. But uh, interestingly, uh, Khazma Chimaev, who we've not seen for a while and was supposed to fight Leon Edwards, uh, is knocking around at welterweight. And for his first fight back, he's looking for Jorge Masvidal. What would you make of that? Ooh, I think that Jorge would... I don't know. It's, it's stiff, hard stiff, to know. Stiff, stiff competition. It's stiff competition. It's hard mm-hmm. to know, you see, because we haven't seen enough of Hamza in fairness. Like, you know, like, I mean, I think Reese McKee and uh, John Phillips were great matchups for him with his style, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you had to find, I'd like to think of two, uh, a guy that would be like an absolute kryptonite to the likes of Reese and John Phillips style, it would that be would, Hamza be. really like, you know. Would he have the same success against the likes of Leon Edwards and Masvidal? No. Do I? Yeah. Do we know like what the extent of his capabilities are? No. So yeah. uh, that's why it's interesting, and you can't really call it. But if I had to put my money on it, it wouldn't be on Hamza really, like because I haven't seen enough of him, like you know. Okay. Um, last, last, but by no means least, and it's 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 a bit of a wild and weird one, and we did reference it yesterday, and not to harp on uh, about the Jake Paul side of things, but he seems to have he seems to have mo- <laughs> he seems to have moved on uh, very quickly from from DC from Daniel Cormier and turned his attentions uh, to Nate Diaz. Oh dear, has he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't even I don't even know if I want to get into a conversation about seeing seeing any of this. Excuse me, French, but I fucking can't stand that Jake Paul fella. <laughs> I can't. He's such a little douchebag. Like him and his brother. Like oh my god, just that they're everything that's wrong with life in general. Jay, like twenty four, and he's dissing the likes of. I don't care what marketing scheme you're doing. Like you know what I mean. There's just a line you don't cross. And he crossed that with the all-time great DC. Like, I mean, who who calls out and talks to DC like that? Like, I mean, he's he's very lucky that DC was was working. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. If they, if they if they met out in the street or anything like that, he would be in loads of trouble. So <laughs> I know DC. Like, I don't. I like. I, I I I've talked to him a few times, and I know guys who are close to him and. He's a great guy. I don't know him that, but I know that he's a guy that does not take shit. I know that. He's an alpha, like, you know what I mean? He's like, 
you know, he will out alpha you. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> and if he sees you and he heard that you were talking smack about me, there's no issue with walking across a street and just cracking you one like, you know, it's just the way he is. You know? I, well, it's, it's, it's game over for that case before it's even started. Uh, Miles, before we, we knock things on the head, anything else stirring with you in the world of, of uh, martial arts? Are you keeping an eye on what's been happening in terms of potential gym reopenings or things like that? Or, or just um, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm just kind of going about things uh, just with my online coaching business. I'm very busy with that, like, you know, so, mm. um, you know, I'm training uh, twice a day myself just to keep busy, you know, uh, and I'm hoping to compete later on in the year now. And, uh, you know, when the gym opens up again, I'm sure somebody will tell me about it. I'm just keeping my, you know, you, you could be wasting a lot, of ener- a lot of energy looking at all these guidelines all yeah. the time and restriction liftings and on and off. So, you know, I just focus on what I can do and sure, you know, I'll be reminded when the gym's able to open again. Lovely. Well, look, if people want to get in touch with you in the meantime, how can they do it? Uh, Miles Price MMA, uh, Facebook or Instagram is the best. Yeah. Super. Miles Price. Uh, and he's Miles Price, I should say. I have been Ken McGuire. This has been All Things MMA on KCLR and for scoreline.ie. And we will do this all again next week. Good luck. See you guys.